share the good news. Amen. So that's exciting. That's exciting. And what I want to talk with you today about is counting the cost. And, and you know, next week we're going to do baptism. And, and this is going to be really good, you know. And this will actually be my first solo baptism service. So I do promise that I won't hold you under the water too much. Maybe. Maybe keep not on it. That's okay. But uh, when I was praying about this and God told me it was time to do baptism service, and, and he, he, he laid this message on my heart. And, and, he, and he said, we're losing people today in Christianity because people don't understand the cost of being a Christian, of what it means to accept Christ. Now listen, before I get started, please understand, this is not a message to tell you you made a mistake, don't choose Christ, okay? But this is a message to make sure you understand there is a cost that comes with it. But there are also benefits too, all right? But you see, too often people make the choice to accept Christ, and that's great, and that's what we want but they don't understand the costs that come with it. And so then when they get into their, into their Christian walk, they're starting to take this thing, this thing step by step, and, and, and they, they don't know a whole lot about it. And then they start hitting some struggles, and then they start to panic. They get overwhelmed, and they turn their back, and they run on Christianity. And then they have a tendency to blame God. And you see, it's, it's, it's because people are not taught enough today on counting the cost, all right? So that's where this message came from. So we're going to start today in Luke 14, 25 through 33. And I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. This is going to be a long one, so you guys just bear with me. It says, a large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must be, by comparison, that's important, hate everyone else, your father, your mother, your wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost for who would, be, who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Verse 31 says, or what king would go to war? against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss the terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. So now, what's happening here? Let me breathe for a minute after reading that. Jesus is, he's somewhere around Galilee. He's in the region of Galilee, and he's making his way back to Jerusalem. And, and he's traveling through the villages, and he's traveling through the cities, and he's taking every advantage to teach. That's what he's doing. He's to, to teach and to preach. And, and Jesus is walking along, and he's realizing, hey, I've got a pretty good crowd here. You know, this is a pretty good group. So he wants to seize this opportunity. And so essentially, he challenges them on what sacrifices they're going to have to take in order to follow him. So basically, he turns around and he challenges them on what it would cost them if they want to be one of his disciples. All right? So we, what we see there, we see the cost of what, of what it takes to be a disciple of Christ, to be a Christian. So 
The first cost that we see right there is in verse 26. Verse 26, it says, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Now, let me remind you of Matthew 5, 44. Jesus commands us to love our enemies and do good to them. Okay? Remember that. So the term hate here is not being used as we use it in our English language, okay? Essentially, what Jesus is saying here is you have to have a love and a desire for him that's greater than anything or anybody in this world. Everybody. He needs to be top. He needs to be number one. And everything else is second. All right? And he was adamant here. He says, if you want to be my disciple, you've got to put his relationship top. Right, and remember, your success in your Christian walk and your success just in, in life in general in walking out the will or the plan that God has for your life all pivots on that relationship. Very, very important. That, your relationship with Jesus Christ is so vitally important. And you hear me say that a lot and I'll never stop because it's very, very important. All right? And you need to be, you need to be so willing to put him first that you will walk away from any relationship around you, if necessary. And that's hard to do. It's very hard to do. I mean, think about it. Uh, think about it. And we don't have to deal with this as much in our nation as we do in other countries. And I've traveled to a lot of, a lot of other, other countries, and I see this when you go out of the country. It's, you kind of have to choose to follow Christ even when your best friend may choose to go a different path or choose a different religion. And that's tough. And that's what happened to me. I essentially had to walk away from everybody I grew up with, everybody I went to school with. And it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my life. But I knew this was the truth. And I knew this was right. And I knew this is what God was calling me to. And it was tough. It was really tough. And I'm, I'm reminded of some of you were here Wednesday night. And um, we prayed for, uh, uh, he's a Ramah grad. And his name was Ramin. And he's from Iran. And... Uh, Ramin was, he was, he grew up Muslim and he, he accepted Christianity, accepted Christ, came to America, went through Ramah Bible College, just like I did. And then he graduated. And ever since then, he's been on the ground sharing his testimony, sharing the love of Jesus with primarily the Muslim community. And we prayed for him Wednesday night because he got arrested in the mall of America for sharing his faith in the Mall of America, in our very own country, to a group of Muslims. And he will have to go to court for this. And those of you that were here, there was a good testimony to come out of it. The congressman from Minnesota called him personally and said he is leading an investigation into his arrest. So we're believing God that that will, that will turn out good. But when you hear his testimony, when he accepted Christ, to tell you how bad it was for him, his family denounced him. They cast him out. He had to leave his family, and he came to this nation, and he stayed, and he's, he's serving God, and he's serving Jesus, but he had to walk away from his family. That's tough, man. That's tough. You know, that's tough, but he's doing what God's called him to do, and he continues. He'll tell you today, he continues to pray for his family, continues to pray and believe that God will influence them in one way or another. But you know, the, when it comes to relationships, when you choose to be a Christian, you're going to have to 
you're going to have to make some tough choices. There's going to be some cost. All right? There's going to be some cost. And, and just remember, being a disciple of Christ means loving Him first and foremost. Putting Him top. It's on the top shelf. Now, the second cost that we see right there is in verse 27, and that's the cost to self. It says, and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Now, the people in that day who heard Jesus say this knew exactly what he was talking about. All right? Why? Because they, they, in this day, it was common for them to see condemned men carrying the cross to their place of execution. All right? So, that, so, so to them, the cross wasn't just some, a decoration that they hung on the wall. To them, a cross meant death by a horrible means, by an execution. That's what it meant. So they would have understood in this day when they heard him say this, the simple truth is that you would have to die to self in order to follow him. And in Luke nine twenty three, it says, And he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now listen, I know this is not a popular message that we hear a lot today. Unfortunately, it's not talked about a lot today. Leaving our own desires around. A lot of, a lot of, and some pastor friends of mine even, even don't talk about it a lot. And we actually have these discussions. And, 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 and their, their mindset is they're putting services together to where it, where it coddles people in their sin and allows them, like it's no big deal, and allows them to just, we can just love them through life and they can stay in their sin. And then they, they put these services together that just kind of helps affirm them and so they feel good about themselves. But listen, that doesn't benefit the people at all, at all, because that's not going to get them walking in complete victory. That's not going to get them walking into everything that God's called them to walk in. That's not going to be. You see, the purpose of the church is to be the family, to love one another. And listen, we all need somebody to grab us by the shoulder sometime and, 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 and hold us accountable for a decision or a mistake we may be making, saying, come on, stop, don't take that path. That path leads to destruction. That's why we need our community. That's why we need our church and our family and allow people, friends, to speak into our lives when they see us going a little bit this way or a little bit that way. Remember, there's always a balance. You want to keep a good, clean balance. Amen? You want to keep that balance. Now, the next one we see is in verse 28, 29, and that was calculating the cost. Of course, this was the construction project illustration and that's pretty simple okay pretty simple and you know i do construction so i know how important it is to bid those projects right because you can kick yourself in the butt if you just you put a wrong number in one place and now you're ten thousand dollars in a hole and that's not good you don't want to be there all right but what he was saying here is before you do anything figure out what you're doing and what it's going to take to do it simply put now see his jesus's point was not about being embarrassed about running out of money and not being able, you know, being the fool in town and not planning. It was about being able to complete what you start. Complete what you start. You see, if you're going to follow Christ and when you choose to follow Christ, you've got to be careful that you understand what it means completely to be his disciple. Because just as I said, when times get tough, you can't let yourself get overwhelmed and tuck your tail and run from God. 
All right? You got to understand the cost. So you understand how to deal with it and understand how to be a part of a church family that's going to help you and be there for you and encourage you and speak life into your situation and speak life over your whole family. Amen? Glory to God. We don't need people running from God. We need people running to God. Amen? Now, the next cost we see right there is the cost of defeat. We saw that in verse 31 and 32. And that talks about the king that's about to go to, go to war. And obviously his army is 10,000. The other army is 20,000. Well, really, he doesn't want to go to war, does he? I mean, the odds are not in his favor, are they? No, his chances of defeat are great. Not, probably, probably he's going to be defeated. So a good king's going to do what? He's going to do everything to gain peace with his enemy before the battle and before people die and before he ends up being defeated, all right? So you want to count what it will cost to have peace compared to what it will cost to be defeated. And the cost of being Jesus' disciple is high. It is high. And in this day that we walk in, in this earth that we walk in, it is high. But the cost of not being his disciple, man, that's a lot higher, guys. It's a lot higher. And think about it. People who reject Christ, people who reject Christ, they enjoy the pleasures of sin. You realize sin will bring you pleasure. It will. It'll bring you pleasure. If you don't believe me, you go drink 12 beers tonight, and you're going to feel pretty good when you're bouncing around the house for a while. But let me know how you feel in the morning. All right? It's going to bring you some temporary pleasure. And if you stay in the sin, you will destruct your body. You're gonna, so you're essentially going to pay a price. You're gonna pay, and you're going to pay that price double because you're going to pay the price with the destruction you do on your body in this world that we walk in, and then you're going to pay the price in eternity because we're a spirit. You're a spirit being. When you die, your spirit's going somewhere. It's either going to heaven or it's going to hell. Amen. Very important, very important to know that. And then lastly, the last cost we see there is in verse 33. And that is the cost of materialism. It says, so you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Now listen, this is not a call for you to make a vow of poverty. All right? I know a lot, of, and there's, there's churches that teach that. Christians are just supposed to be humble, and, and you know they're not supposed to have much, and they're just supposed to serve God. Listen, that couldn't be further from the truth. Because God has called everybody to impact the kingdom of God in one way or another. And that includes all of you. You all have a part to play if you're willing to step into that will and step into that plan and do it. But you see, think about it. He wants you blessed because think about how much more of an impact you can make. All right? If you make $100,000 a year or if you make a million dollars a year and if your heart is totally obedient and all in to fulfilling what God's called you to do, how much more can you impact the kingdom with a million dollars than you can $100,000? All right? And you got to remember, salvation comes by God's grace and mercy. That's it. Through faith in Jesus Christ. It does not come from anything you do in this earth as far as a good deed. I don't care how much, how much money you raise and you give to the poor. That's great. That's good to do that. But that's not going to bring you salvation. That's not where it comes from. You see, Jesus was not demanding a vow of poverty. He was demanding just simply that we yield 
everything, including our possessions, to him. You see, he blesses us with everything we have. He blesses, we're, we're only stewards. We're only stewards of what God has entrusted us with when we walk this earth. Are you being a good steward with your possessions? And, and think about this. And you see this a lot when we were on the mission field. Americans have so much stuff. You know, and I'm not picking on my country. I love my country. I, you know, very blessed to be a part of America and be here. And, 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 but, you know, the average home in America now is 2,500 square feet. 2,500 square feet. And you fill it with stuff. And most people have a 50 by 24 garage out in the backyard, and it's full of stuff. Then they go buy a storage building and put over in the other corner, and it's full of stuff. And then if that's not enough, you go down the street to the mini storage, and you can pay a small fee for any size building, and you can fill it with more stuff. But you say, and listen, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that it's wrong to have things, okay? But don't let those things control you. Okay, don't let them control you. You see, when people cling to their possessions and they let their possessions define who they are, come on, that's a lack of insecurities. I mean, it's insecurities, no self-confidence. That's not who you are. That doesn't, a big house doesn't define who you are. If you drive a Mercedes, that doesn't, drive, that doesn't define who you are. I mean, if you're blessed with that, great, that's fantastic. I'm happy for you, you know? But listen, when you cling to stuff, people who cling to their stuff, they don't fully understand what it means that Jesus is Lord. And you see, we belong to him. He purchased us with his precious blood. That's something, man. Following Jesus demands that we yield control of everything, everything, including our possessions. Now, Think about that. Have you counted the cost when it comes to accepting Christ and, and being a Christian? You know, and, and it costs a lot to be a disciple. It does. But the gain is infinite. It's infinite. Look at what you gain. And we're going to talk about the benefits now. And, but think about it. If you gain everything in this, in this earth that we walk in, money, success, everything, think about what, you don't, when it's all, but if you do all of that and you never accept Christ, when it's all said and done, you've got nothing of value when it comes in comparison to giving up your soul. Nothing. Nothing. And remember, at the heart of your decision is a simple question of whether you believe you exist to serve yourself or exist to serve God who created you. Mm, that's good right there. That's good. So, Think about it. Is something controlling you in your life? Is there something controlling you? It, because when something controls you, no matter what it, what it is, it can be a lot of things, they become strongholds in your life. Okay? Strongholds. And strongholds, when they get a hold in your life, they stop you from fully committing and fully following Christ. So you need to, you need to take control of that. All right, And be aware of it. You know, you hear me say all the time, you need to be able to always, and I encourage everybody to do this as much as they need to, but you need to be able to sit back, look at yourself, look at yourself, look at your life, and see what areas you need to make adjustments. Because none of us are perfect. None of us are. And if you're not willing to look at yourself, you need to be willing to allow people to look at your life and speak into your life. All right? You need that. You need that. 
Because we all constantly need to make adjustments, all right? So I want to give you some practical areas of your life where you should count the cost, and you're going to need to make some adjustments in these areas when you accept Christ. And if you've already accepted Christ, you'll probably still need to make some adjustments in these areas because we're none of us are perfect. So the first one is addictions. Now don't, don't automatically just go to all the bad things because remember, an addiction is simply something that controls you. It's, it controls your behavior and it's simply something you can't live without. Now, of course, it can be drugs, it can be alcohol, it can be pornography, sexual habits, food, it can be work. Come on, it can be so many things. It can be, it's hard to list them all out, all right? But the simple thing to remember is you need to remove those from your life when you choose to follow Christ. He needs to be your habit, I mean, your, your addiction. Serving Him needs to be your addiction. Now, the next area where you're going to need to consider the cost and make adjustments is entertainment. Entertainment. That's your movies, your music, social media, football games, all of that. Daily, you need to make a conscious decision of what you are going to do and what you are going to participate in and do not participate into anything that doesn't glorify God. Now see, And really, if you would just learn to ask that question before you do anything, it would help you so much as you walk in your daily walk. Simply put, am I going to participate in this? Just ask, does it glorify God? Am I going to go with this group of people and do this? Or does it glorify God? Am I going to participate in this particular party or whatever? Does it glorify God? Just simply ask that. Simply ask that. Amen? Because we want to put Jesus first, all right? And we want to do everything we can to serve him. Now, number three, the third area is work. Work. And that's basically your time at work, okay? And that can be even be working in the church. Simply put, don't allow your work to take you away from fully committing and fully serving God. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's why we constantly watch to see in here who's working too much. Who's working too much. You know, we don't, we don't want to overwork anybody because they get overwhelmed and then they're done and then they leave. You know, you can't do that. And you need to remember, your job is simply, when you, when you choose Christ and he blesses you with a job or a career, some of you have gone through a lot of school for your career and that's fantastic, but your, your job or your Career is a tool that God blessed you with so you can have provision for you and your family and so that you can walk out and fulfill the will of what he's called you to do. And see, when you learn to see your job as that, and you get up every morning and you pray to God, and you say, Father, show me how I can be a blessing to somebody today. Show me who I can encourage. Show me who I can speak life over. And when you go out and you walk and you're on your way to work and you go expecting him to show you something for the course of the day, and you get to work, and you don't view your job as just what you're doing with your hands or with your computer, but you view your job as your ministry when When you learn to view it that way, it'll change your whole mindset of how you view yourself, your confidence, and your society. Because listen, we're all called to some port of ministry within your realm of influence. 
You're all called, all right? Now, don't allow working too much to interfere with your commitment to follow Christ. Now, number four, that is money. Money, money, money. Impulse purchasing or overspending is the main ones. And remember, money's a tool that goes along with your job and your career. It's a tool, and you are being a steward, okay? God is stewarding you with the funds because he trusts you. He trusts you, okay? Are you doing good with it? Are you sowing into the kingdom to advance the gospel? All right, very important. You know, money is, money, there's so many people in society today that are in financial struggles because their unwillingness to budget their money. All right, and understand, I've been in financial struggles myself. I know this is something that we all go through, okay, at some point. But it's so important. You, you see, you've got to budget what you have, and then you believe God to bless you with more so that you can fulfill what he's calling you to do. And remember, you can't just blow your money and then just say, well, I'm broke, I don't know what to do, and then lean in on God and expect him to bail you out. Now, he may, he may do that on occasion, but remember, if you can't budget the $100,000 or $50,000 a year that you make, whatever it is that you make, if you can't budget that, why would he bless you with a million dollars? Because you wouldn't know what to do with it. Very important. Very important to, 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 to get a foundation of how to control your money and don't let your money control you. So very important. So many people, God is called to do certain things. And, he, and, and he's, he's waiting on them to step and take the steps so that he can bless them to fulfill what they're set out to do. And people never really get into that spot because they don't ever take the initiative to get control of their money instead of allowing their money to control them. Amen? Now, the fifth area, and we already talked about this, but I put it back down again. That's family and friends. And there's going to be some relationships. I put this down again because of this. There's going to be some relationships that you're going to have to choose to walk away from. You're going to have to choose to let them go. Let them go. I'll never forget when I did that. When I turned my back on lifelong friends, I, I just never called them back for a long time. It was hard. It was very difficult. Very difficult. But sometimes you're going to have to do that. Because, listen, if you try to hang on to those, and I understand when you're spiritually mature, you can hang on and you can influence them. But when you just accept Christ, you're weak yourself. And if you try to hang on to them and, and, and walk with Christ here, but I want to walk with my buddies over here, they're going to drag you down. They will pull you right back in the hole you're just trying to get out of. So, sometimes you're going to have to walk away from some of those relationships. Now, number six is daily habits. Now, I put that down. Essentially, what I'm talking about there is Bible reading and prayer. And if you know me, you've been here long, you know I'm talking about your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're not reading your Bible and you don't have a prayer time with your Heavenly Father, it's time to start. You've got to get that. You've got to get it. Because, listen, you've got to be able to commune with Him, and you've got to be able to, to hear His voice when He guides you, where He's leading you, what He's telling you to do, or telling you not to do, what directions He's wanting you to go in. And see, all of it starts with that relationship. 
And listen, and listen, humble yourself. If you can't read your Bible, oh, I can't read that. Listen, I understand that. There's a lot of material, small, simple books on how to study your Bible. If you need help with it, I'll get you one. But I want you to start getting your face in the Word of God, learning the Word, learning those promises, learning how to speak those positively over your life and encourage yourself and build your faith and the confidence that God is going to do what He said in His promise in his word, in your life, because it's for you. It's for all of us. It's for all of us as we walk out in our day-to-day life. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. Amen. And listen, it takes 21 days to make a habit. 21 days. If you do not have a regular habit of spending time in prayer and reading your Bible, take 21 days and do it. Set a a time, aside a time, and do it. Now, don't be... One of these, I'm going to pray and read for an hour. Listen, that's probably not going to happen if you're not used to doing this. Set aside 15 or 20 minutes, be realistic, and do it for 21 days. You know, this is why people always talk about why does Highlands do their 21 days of prayer? that's, That's exactly why they do it. They want their people to create that habit. And it's a, once, you, once you get in it, it becomes easier. And listen, the number one way God's going to speak to you is through his word. He's gonna, you're, when you, the more you do it and this, you start developing this habit, you start picking up your Bible and you start reading it, the scriptures start jumping off the pages, they start getting in your heart. It's so cool when that happens. You're like, wow, I never saw that before. And you'll get revelations like you've never had before in your life. And that's where you need That's what you need. That's going to help you walk in the victory that God wants you to walk in. Amen? But it's going to start with reading that Bible and start with your prayer time. Now, we've talked about the costs, and now I want to talk with you about the benefits. All right? The benefits of being a Christian. Because Christianity, if you look at everything that I talked about, it's a pretty steep price if you think about it that way. I mean, you could hear that and say, ooh, I'm out of here. I'm done. You know? But listen, there's benefits, and they're great. And the problem with what people struggle with, with Christianity, accepting Christ, with Christianity, accept, accepting the, our religion, I guess you would call, want to call it that, is they can't see all those benefits. You know, you know Amer- people have the hardest time accepting things by faith. And, and, and that's that you know that you know that you know, even though you can't see it. They want to be able to see it all right here. What is my benefits? You know, I want to put it on the line, and I want to, I want to have it right now. Well, I'm going to give you six benefits, and there's a lot, okay? There's a lot of benefits, but I've actually got six that I keep, that I actually remind myself a lot just for encouragement, just for encouragement. I mean, you know, I need to be encouraged just like you. Listen, I work. I have a business. I have bills to pay. I have... I have the church to operate, all of that. I can get pretty beat down also. But you know what? I know how to get pumped back up. I know how to encourage myself. I know who to call when I need somebody to pat me on the back, and I know who to lean to when I need somebody to pick me up, and that's Jesus himself. But the number one benefit, and these aren't in any particular order of greater to whatever. These are just number one is you receive a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I mean, that, that, to me, I mean, that, that's nothing, there's nothing greater than that. All right? 
I mean, this is some, you can talk to him anytime, any day, about anything. No matter what struggle you're facing, no matter how hard it may be, he, he is there with you. When you accept him as your Lord and Savior, he's right beside you. He's walking with you, and he's waiting. He wants to hear your voice. He wants you to, he wants, he, he created us for fellowship, for community, to commune with him. All right? I mean, that's great. That's, that's, it, it doesn't matter what you're struggling with. You can lean in on Jesus. All right? So, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. You, know, you get a personal friend, a mentor, a helper, somebody always with you, and he was the one who created you. Now, the second benefit, and I love this one, and this is the, one of the main areas where a lot of people miss it. And the second benefit is they receive, you, you receive the Holy Spirit as your helper. And that's so vitally important. But the biggest mistake people make is they don't yield to the Holy Spirit working in their life. Okay? You need the, to give the Holy Spirit clearance to work in your life. Because, God, because John sixteen thirteen says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit was sent to be a guiding presence, and not just a presence, but be a power in your life. And you need to yield to that and allow him in. Allow him to operate through you. All right? Because he's going to help you. He's going to help you. He's the one that, he's the one. It, it, think about it. When you're reading your Bible and you're thinking, well, I don't know what to read. I don't know, I don't know what to do. That's when you lean in on the Holy Spirit. God, you pray, Father, I'm having trouble. I, what is it you want me to see in these words? Holy Spirit, you just, you, you show it to me. And, you do, and then you expect it to happen in faith. And then you watch it happen. You watch it happen. God will, God will move. He'll allow the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you, scriptures to read, and it'll, I'm telling you, the revelations will come. It's fantastic. Fantastic. And the, really the coolest thing about the Holy Spirit is He will show you the sins in your life. Not in a condemning way, but He'll show you. And, and not only that, He'll show you what you need to do to fix it, to get rid of it. And then he gives you the power to do it when you fully yield. When you fully yield. That's fantastic right there. Fantastic. Now, number three, the third benefit is you receive victory over sin. You receive victory over sin. Think about it. All the pain and misery that the world that we live in is a result of sin because it's a fallen world. And as Christians, we're called to have victory over sin, right? In other words, you can be free from everything that makes you miserable and painful. I mean, think about lust, jealousy, anger, you name it. All that bad, unpleasant things that we have to deal with, you can be free from all of that. You can be free. You see, when you live according to sin and just dabbling into sin, it's like grasping at the wind. You never, it's like you, you never, you never have a satisfaction. Your lust will never be satisfied, okay? But let me tell you something. When you get the victory over your sins, when you get the, and sometimes that takes a process. Now, that don't always happen overnight. Depends on what you've been struggling with, how long you've been struggling with it. But that's where your church family comes in to help you walk through it, 
All right, but when you get the victories over that sin, and when you finally you get to a point where you're walking in that victory, you receive a joy, and it's not just a joy; it's a heavenly joy, and it's an unexplainable joy. And you won't ever leave feeling empty, never, and you will never feel miserable, never, because you won't give in to it. You won't give in to it. And remember, sin will bring you pleasure for a little while. Okay? But the pleasures of sin are nothing compared to the joy of walking in a victorious life. Man, nothing. Nothing at all. Now, the fourth benefit is you take on the image of Christ. You take on the image of Christ. Now, Jesus spent his life victorious over sin, right? And just like Jesus, we're called to live as a life as an overcomer. All of us. We are. And what's really cool is, is when you're walking all this out and you start taking, the, taking these steps, you, you know, I always think of, of the fruits of the Spirit, all right? Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But when you, when you let the Holy Spirit come into your life and you fully submit, all right, and you, and you, and you, you begin to follow Jesus and you begin to, to follow out the, walk out the plan that he has for you, and, and then you begin to have the victory over the sin in your life. And then what's really cool is you start to see those fruits of the Spirit flowing through you. And see, when all that starts happening, all of the anger and all of the, the lust and all of the, the anxiety, all of that starts being replaced by the fruits of the Spirit. And it's so, so fantastic. It is awesome. And think about it. When, you, when you're walking in your daily walk and you're being filled with, with the fruits of the Spirit flowing out from you, how much more of a blessing are you when you're reacting with the fruits of the Spirit versus reacting out of anger or out of anxiety or out of jealousy. Think about it. How much more of a blessing you'll be. And you see, when you become more like Christ and all of this process starts happening in your life, your capacity to bless and serve others just goes up. Just goes up. And, it's, and I'm going to tell you, it's when, when, you start, when it starts happening in your life and you start seeing, you start getting a revelation of it, it's like a drug you couldn't ever imagine taking because it's so, so exciting. There is nothing that I love more than sharing the gospel with somebody who's never heard it. I mean, I just, and seeing them, I, I, the last time I did it a few weeks ago, I was at the gas station. The guy didn't have 35 cents to pay for his, so I flipped him 50 cents and went on out to my truck and he come across the parking lot to thank me and... Long story short, a few minutes into it, he had just gotten out of prison. And I said, well, let's talk. And so, and then that was just it. You know, and I shared the gospel with him. I won't get into all the details, but he's just crying. And I'm going to tell you, he laid his head on my shoulders and he smelled like he'd been run over with a garbage truck, but I didn't care because I just got to share the gospel with that man. And I'm going to tell you, I left there with a grin from one ear to another. That's fantastic. It's, fan- it's better than any drug or any alcohol or anything that you can ever put in your body. And I want to encourage you, if you've never done it, you learn. If you need some help, I'll teach you. I'll encourage you. But most importantly, just follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He'll give you the words to say. He'll put somebody in front of your path. Just take the advantage of the opportunity because you'll love it. I'm telling you, you'll love it. And that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do, to advance the kingdom. Now, The fifth benefit is a life with no worries. No worries. Now, who wants that? I think we all want that, right? 
Romans 8.28 says, and we talked about this last week, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. All right? I think we would all agree we live in an uncertain world, right? All the financial insecurities, if you just look at the watch the news, natural disasters. It's it's kind of an, it, it can be an overwhelming experience. This is why I encourage you, don't just feed on the news. You'll overwhelm yourself. Don't do it. But you have to remember, God will work anything and everything that you go through or that comes across your path, no matter how difficult it is, God's going to work it for your good. He just said it right there. He's going to work it for your good. Amen. And now that's fantastic. And you know what? We may not ever completely understand the end result of a situation. And this is where a lot of people get messed up. Is is they go through a struggle and they go through a situation and why did it end this way? All right? And they can't and, and you may never understand it. You may never understand. But you just have to stand in faith in God's word and know that God said right there that he was going to use that situation. He didn't put that situation on you, but he's going to use that situation for your good. A lot of times these situations just come because we live in a fallen world that's ruled by sin. All right? And some of these questions, we won't have answers until we stand before God himself and ask him, and I look forward to that day. Look forward to that day. But, so... With God, when you choose Christ, you have the opportunity to live a life without worry. Because your confidence and your faith is in the promises of God that say that He will provide for you, He will guide you, and He will give you everything you need to fulfill the will that He's called you to do. Whatever He's called you to do. Always remember, where He guides you, He will provide for you. All right? That's pretty good, right? Now, the last benefit that I'm going to give you today, and this is the, this is the greatest of all, you know, and that is a life in eternity as Jesus' bride. Essentially put, we get, we, you know, we get life in eternity. That right there is enough that make you want to, you should be so excited about that. Now, you, you can't see that today, but you're going to reap that one day. All right, we're going to get there. And, and, and that should make you excited. I mean, there are a lot of religions around this world. A lot of them. A lot of them. But Christianity is the only one that offers a life of eternity in heaven with Jesus. Glory to God. That's pretty, pretty awesome. You get to spend an eternal, all your time and without suffering, without tears, without pain. Oh, that is bad. Fantastic. No hunger. I mean, nobody could say no to a life like that. Nobody could. And I think deep down inside, I think everybody, that's what everybody longs for. Everybody longs for. And, and, and see, they, they long for that life of joy and, and, and without suffering. And the only price that we have to pay to get that is simply to lay down our life, lay down our, des- our desires, here on the earth, and put to death sin just like Jesus did. That's it. And then walk according to God's will. It's not hard. It's not hard. He'll be there with you. He will guide you. He'll lead you. He'll comfort you when you need the comfort. And with a prize like that, I mean, there's nothing I wouldn't pray for that. 
There's nothing I wouldn't pay to gain that. And he gives us everything that you need. And remember, Jesus laid down the perfect life before us. He did. And if you are 100% obedient to everything he puts on your heart to do within this life, it will bring you to a complete and unexplainable joy that you will never, you'll never be able to explain it. Never be able to explain it. And you'll have the strength to go through anything, anything that the enemy throws at you. Anything. You know, I really hope you got something out of this. Uh, it's, it's, uh, because it's not, it's not, a, it's not a something to take lightly. It's not anything to take lightly. It's very important. It's a process. It's a pro- accepting Christ is the best decision you'll ever make. But just simply put, the, today's message was so you understand some things that, that you're going to have to do when you accept Christ. You're going to have to make some adjustments. You're going you're gonna to have to, to, to walk away from some things. And you're going to have to press in on, uh, and, and allow God to work through your life. And, and some things you're not going to see the full benefit of until we get to heaven. But that's okay. You've got to be comfortable with that. You've got to be okay with that. And, and you need to be, understand that that as you, as you make this decision, as you walk this out, that it's a process. And that's the importance of your church family. We're here for you. We're here to guide you. We're here to, I'm here to teach you whatever, and I promise you, I'll pour my heart into you if you're willing to listen. I mean, you can ask anybody. I like to talk. All right? And I do. I love you guys. My heart, I do this because this is what I believe God called me to do. I've had many opportunities to go and do everything, other things in the natural world. But this is what God called me to do. I love it. I love it more than anything. I'm passionate about it. I pour my heart into this. And I want to see people saved. I do. I'm going to tell you. And I want you to have that same excitement and that same joy. Now, next week we're going to do baptism. That's very important. Very important. Now, I'm going to close with a quick prayer. Now, are we going to do the song?